All right, welcome back, everybody. This is going to be episode 41 of the Dogbone Podcast. Um, we're going to talk again. We're going to do another one that's question based, um, built off of um, actually Facebook is what we're what we're using right now. Um, and I think you know I I I I like these because I think when people ask questions, I know they're not the only one that has these questions. Um, a lot of times they can relate back to certain things that we're doing with specific dogs that I'm training or have trained. So I do think there's ways of tying that back too. So we're going to dig right into it. Um, crate training is a question I get a lot of a lot of um, messages about. And I've had some, um, we've talked about it a lot. So some of, some of these questions, um, it makes sense to listen back on some of our older podcasts because we have touched on some of this stuff, but each one's a little bit different. Um, and, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea to, to, to readdress certain questions, especially the ones that come up so often. So crate training, this, this is one, um, that I thought was an relatively easy answer. Um, there was another, he had sent me a couple questions. One more question for you. He says, I really appreciate all the support. I got my puppy. She's eight weeks old. Had her for two days now. She does not want to go into her crate at all. I have your puppy DVD. Question is, how do you get a young puppy like that to want to go in the crate? I don't like force forcing her in. Yeah, you're not going to get an eight-week-old puppy to go into the crate voluntarily. Um, the eight-week-old puppy is probably not going to do very many things voluntarily, which is not the worst thing. Uh, at eight weeks old, I'm picking them up and carrying them around most of the time. Um, unless I'm outside and I'm letting them follow me around. Um, you, I don't let them run around the house much when they're eight weeks old because they're going to pee. They're going to find a spot and they're going to have an accident. So my dogs at that age, they're in the crate. Now, if you watch Live with Spry, which is a video that we did a lot of, a lot of videos on, um, it's on our YouTube channel. There's a playlist called Live with Spry. Um, you'll see what I did with her at seven and eight weeks old because she's a puppy that can't, she's a Taylor puppy. So we owned, we owned Taylor. Uh, we whelped the litter here. We had all of her litter mates here. And then when all of a sudden all of them went home one weekend, Spry was left alone. So at seven weeks old, she had a hard time in the kennel. And I had a hard time just dropping her in a kennel and going from a whelping pen with lots of different brothers and sisters, um, which they got very comfortable with. And they'd all curl up. And I, I actually tried to help myself and I tried to help all the people that were taking dogs from us. We had our whelping pen set up, but then we had a kennel and a, a, a crate that was attached to the whelping pen that the little dogs could go out in the whelping pen and, and do their business. And, and, but then they would come back in and they'd leave the whelping pen and they'd go into a little kennel and a crate. And then they'd go in there to sleep. And we actually put a nice pillow in there for them and they'd go in there and, um, they'd, they'd crawl in and get comfortable. And so the door was wide open. They had the option of going in and out. So I helped people right away. And I, I love when kennels do that because it makes it a lot easier for those puppies when they go home and you uproot them and you take them away from all their brothers and sisters and you change all of the things in their life. That's traumatic. Um, it's, it's hard. And so for them, for, for Spry, what I did was... <clears throat> Instead of having the whelping pen, which I didn't have anymore, I had a little puppy gate, a little, little. I guess it could be for people too, but it's just like a little plastic gate that you can configure into different sizes and use them to block off hallways and all that stuff. You can get them at Walmart. But I had one that was 
built into a little octagon shape or something like that. Like a, it was a multi little sides. You open it up and you connect it. And it made an area that was about three feet in diameter, maybe a little bit bigger, four feet in diameter. <clears throat> and I took a small puppy kennel instead of the big one that all the dogs slept in. I took a small puppy kennel and I put it in there and I put a pillow in it and I left the door open. And you can go on, you can go watch this with Live with Spry. I did this for about a week. When, when she got put by herself and all of her brothers and sisters left, I didn't put her in the kennel and close the door. Instead, I put her in the kennel with the door open and let her come out and use that little area at her will. Now, I also was on the, in the process of trying to housebreak her. So I didn't want her coming out and going to the bathroom there anymore, which is what she did in that whelping pen for a long time. They, were, they learned, go outside of where I sleep to go to the bathroom. Well, this, that's the case here too, but I don't want it to be in my house. So what I had to do was, once I dialed it down to one puppy, I started having to pay attention. When it was eight puppies, I didn't pay attention. When it was one puppy, I had to pay attention. So what I found was very quickly, puppies sleep a lot. And so what she wanted to do was sleep and the safest, most comfortable spot for her was to go into her crate and lay on the pillow and sleep. But then I'd had to be there. So when she did wake up and got up and walked out, I had to hear that. So I'd go over and pick her up and I'd take her outside and let her go to the bathroom. And then she'd go to the bathroom outside and get into this habit of don't pee in the house. Go outside. I've got a spot to go. We did that. Then I'd bring her back and I'd set her back into that whelping, not, not that whelping pen, but the little puppy pen. And she could play around. And I had a little empty pop bottle in there that she played with. And, and then she'd tire herself out. And real quickly, all of a sudden, she'd find herself back. I'd find her back in the kennel, curled up sleeping. So that was my way of allowing her to choose to go into the kennel and have it be a safe place. Now, I did that for about a week. And then I got to the point where I said, okay, now we transitioned and buffered from eight brothers and sisters to you by yourself and it's not that bad at night I kenneled her I closed the kennel she whined and she fussed and she cried during the day I would let her have a little bit of an option but what the key to this thing is is first off you've had the dog for two days and and so you're going through like you're going through the trauma zone so I'm trying to figure out, if I'm you, I'm trying to figure out how do I get the dog to settle into the new environment the best way possible. The other thing is, is I don't, I wouldn't even, th I mean, I, I'm not even thinking about a dog kenneling up voluntarily on command. Like, can they, I just explained to you how I get them to kennel themselves up um, and like it. So that's one, one way I'm going to do that. Um, I think there's another question that I had. And I couldn't find it, but it was somebody, it was a couple, and the wife was about had enough. And it was like two nights into it, and the puppy was crying in the kennel. And he's wondering if he should not be kenneling the dog. And I said, no, you have to. But there are a few simple things to try. Covering the crate helps greatly. Even Bella today whines a little bit when the kennel's not covered. She gets a little bit squeaky in there. She gets a little bit whiny. I've got other dogs that are not kenneled up and she knows that and I don't like it. So the way for me, I avoid the whining. I, I just ignore it. Um, the way for me to fix it, if it gets to be too much, is I cover the kennel. That usually helps tr tremendously. Um, and, and they're still gonna fuss and whine in there, but they'll settle a lot quicker. But what you have to do is if you're consistent starting now and you let the dog whine it out, cry it out, 
tomorrow it'll be a little bit less, tomorrow it'll be a little bit less, the next day will be a little less, next day. And it just slowly works itself away so that the dog realizes that whining and fussing doesn't get it out. If whining and fussing gets it, it gets attention, you yelling at it, shut up, that's enough. They think that's a reward. They actually, they don't care. They just want attention. So even negative attention to them is a win. They cannot think that the way to get that attention or the way to get out is by fussing and whining. Now you have to be sure that the dog doesn't have to go to the bathroom. So you have to be careful about that. Make sure that the dog, so I give them a, I give them this three strikes type deal. First time they whine, I take them outside. If they pee, perfect. That's what we want them to do. Put them back in. If they start whining again and I think, wow, man, I wonder if the dog's got to go to the bathroom again. It's been 10 minutes. I take the dog out. I put the dog out. The dog doesn't go to the bathroom. She plays, wants to play. Now I go, oh, okay, I called your bluff. Now you're back into the kennel and I don't let you out until you're quiet. And that might be an hour two hours, three hours, 45 minutes. I don't know what it's going to be. Every dog's a little bit different. A lot of it depends on how much will they have. I love dogs that have a lot of will at certain things. This isn't necessarily one of my favorites, but dogs that are persistent and fight it and fight it and fight it. Eventually, the nice part about these puppies are they're little and they get tired easily. So eventually they tire themselves out and they fall asleep. And then you go, ah, she did it. Now I let her sleep for a little while, but prior to her, you know, 15, 10 minutes is probably a good nap go get the puppy up and bring it outside. And I bet you the dogs can go to the bathroom at that point. So the cycle starts over, but I give them a chance. And it, if they go outside and they pee, and then I put them back in the kennel and I wait and they whine, and they fuss and I go, ah, maybe they gotta go out. I take them back out and they pee again. I tell them how good they are. And I say, that's no problem. Thanks for telling me. Until they go outside and decide I'm not peeing anymore. I'm just wanting to play. That's when I start playing a little hardball with them. So I think there's a, a finesse to that. There's a, there's a balance to that, figuring out when it's real and when it's not real. Um, but covering up the crate is a key part of getting them to settle in. And if you don't and you allow them to win that battle, you got a long, long time ahead of you. You're never, you, you just, at some point you're gonna have to dig your heels in. Uh, the sooner you do it, the better. But at two, two days with you, uh, don't worry about, don't, I wouldn't force them in either. I don't think forcing them in is the answer. I think pick it up, pick the puppy up, carry the puppy over, open the door, set the puppy in and close the door. Um, watch Bella be good. That's a series that we're starting, uh, that we've started, uh, just, I don't know if it's episode four or five. We talked about the other end of it, the puppy coming out of the kennel. I don't want them blowing out of the kennel fast. So we, we show you how we start, um, getting the dog to come out of the kennel. We did it with Arrow that was four or five months old, four months old when we had her, and she came flying out of the kennel. Uh, she hated the kennel. That was one of the biggest things we achieved, I think, with Arrow. She was a uh, shepherd Malinois mix. That's on YouTube, right? That's yep. training, what's it called? Something, something with training with Arrow. That's a playlist in its own. That's a shepherd Malinois that's a little bit older. That crate training was a big part of her process for the month we had her because she hated the kennel when she came here it was one of the biggest things that they asked us to work on and figure out and it was one of the biggest things i think they were surprised that we were able to actually do um they couldn't believe that she would vol she voluntarily went into the kennel she didn't mind it now there's a process to that there's steps to it um and and we we time it with c commands uh i do some i use food for it 
Um, I, I get them to turn it into a game of how quickly can I go in and get praised. I feed them in the kennel. Um, those are all things that you can do a, across the, the time period. But um, just getting them comfortable and settled in is key. So uh, that's, a, that's a real short one. Um, and I, I don't think we got to elaborate on it anymore. I just, I've heard and seen a lot of people asking about kennel questions. And I think the key is not letting the puppy beat you. Not if, if your patients, let me throw this out at you. If your patients or your wives or your husbands or whoever's in the house, if their patience is not great enough to withstand or outlast a whining puppy, you're going to have your hands full. Because the key to this game of raising a puppy is no different than raising a kid or growing a business or developing a, a team, whatever, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. In life, patience is the most underrated thing out there. I mean, it is a blessing to have. And, and none of us have enough of it, including myself. So when you get to the, if, if, if you're struggling early on, and I'm not saying this guy is, but he's two days into it and he's really pulling his hair out here. Uh, I wouldn't be stressed out about that if you are this early, it's going to be a really long road. And, and the, the, the key to this thing is it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. So be patient. Deep breaths. I get frustrated too. Lots of it. Watch the series that we have out there right now. The series is the series. The multiple series that we have will show you my frustration levels and how I have to deal with them and handle them. Um, it just... It, it happens. Uh, there's only one way to get through it, and that's be patient. So crate training, kennel training, man, it's the best. Uh, get through it. Be patient and get through it because it's such a valuable tool. Um, place training is the same thing. So the, pup, the, the puppy training with Arrow, a deer tracking dog, that's the series um, that's on YouTube. And we've got, I don't know, there's 10 of them or something like that. So six of them. So... Uh, I recommend going to our YouTube, guys. It's Dogbone Hunter. Um, our YouTube, our Instagram, and our Facebook are all tools that we use um, heavily to try to provide you with as much information and content as we can. Um, our podcast, you're listening to it right now. So it's just that's just another way of passing on information to you guys. I want to thank you for the support you've given us. Um, if you would do us the favor of, of reviewing, subscribing, liking on YouTube, hitting the little bell that gives you notifications, um, those are all ways for us to monitor and, and understand more about our listeners. So um, please don't hesitate to do that. Um, it's greatly appreciated. And that's it for number 41. Um, another another one driven by, driven by our social media, really, driven by our Facebook questions. So... Uh, we got a couple other ones that we're going to be banging out here. We're in the studio today. The studio is our kitchen. So uh, we're recording several podcasts. Ben and I try to get a little bit ahead. Um, but thank you guys so much for the support. We'll continue to do it as long as you guys continue to give us the feedback. So thank you so much. <music>